0: Uh, Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, uh, You'll be glad to know I don't have a PowerPoint. I had 50 slides ready with lovely dropping letters and stuff like that. But for for some reason, uh, uh, I wasn't able to condense them down to an appropriate amount. Um, In opening uh, a few remarks that I wish to make, I just want to pass on congratulations to QQI on reaching this milestone. Uh, and in many respects, it's not just a reflection of the leadership team within QQI, but it's also a reflection of, of the importance of the work in terms of Ireland Inc and what it's, it's, its mission is and how it fits in with this broader agenda that we have in terms of uh, internationalization and, and what that actually means. Uh, Before, uh, I mean, you've all seen the brochures, and you've seen my CV and stuff like that, but I want to take you through the real CV and uh, just a little bit of history about myself. And I often compare myself to Liam Neeson. Uh, I have a unique set of skills. Uh, I'm not paid like Liam Neeson. I'm a civil servant, Uh, but I have a unique set of skills. Back in uh, 2002, uh, I was appointed to the Higher Education Policy Unit. And suddenly, you know, becoming familiar with a, a lot of a terms that were floating around the place. The Bologna process, what actually was that? Uh, to the point that I actually ended up chairing the Bologna process uh, during the Irish presidency uh, back in 2004. But then we started seeing instruments emerging like Europass and the diploma supplement. And then, for some reason or other, uh, uh, Seamus Perchel, who is the CEO of HeTac, he thought that I'd be a useful asset to HeTac. And he invited me to spend some time with them. And during that time, you know, again, instruments like joint awards, mobility instruments, comparability of QA uh, systems, the European Qualifications Framework. All of this started to emerge as, as part of the, the lexicon uh, within uh, higher education. Uh, having QQI, or sorry, uh, uh, HETAC was then merging, and I ended up back in uh, uh, the department for a year or so before I saw an opportunity of heading out as director of St. Nicholas Montessori College, which is a small uh, uh, early years teacher training college. Uh, located out in Dunleary and at that stage Qqi was getting off the ground uh, I'm sure a lot with a lot of HECA members, but with everybody, uh, we recall the green and white papers that were flooding around the place, you know, and how the consultation, they were looking for our involvement and stuff like that. And while it was demanding, it was important that we were getting our our voices heard and our voices uh, reflected within the emerging policies. I was also deeply involved with HECA as it uh, developed its learner protection system. And the importance of that in affording comfort to students, and particularly within the the private higher education uh, uh, colleges system, when we were looking to develop and take ownership of a particular responsibility that was there. I then ended up back in the Department of Education and Skills, and I was assigned to the International Unit. And I had particular responsibility for North-South matters. Uh, in particular, the uh, collaboration between institutions, north and south, but also this other thing called Brexit. Did you ever hear of that, Alison, Brexit? Anyway, uh, Brexit was coming down the tracks. And one of the key elements that we're anxious to make, to to protect, um, on occasions, perhaps, you know, uh, uh, behind closed doors, but that close relationship that we have with the UK. And when you look at issues like the common travel area and what that means for mobility of students and academic staff, but also professional qualifications. Again, this international dimension was uh, uh, coming back. And now I'm in uh, uh, further, we even stumble over it. I've I've, uh, been with the minister on a number of occasions. And he refers to himself as the minister for talent. And I think that that just encapsulates everything that he's trying to cover within that. And I'm heading up the international function there within uh Ferris, And it's important that we have sight of the wider picture that's around international education. So we are now in the process of developing the next iteration of the international strategy. And we had a consultation uh, earlier on in the year And we have gathered at this stage now, there's been about 57, 58 responses that have come back to us. And we're now looking through and identifying some of the core themes that are coming through the the impact of that consultation. But we launched that back in February of 2022. And if you just look at the number and the series of developments that have taken place in that short time to where we are now, and how it impacts on international education. For instance, we've launched IMPACT 2030, which is the National Research and Innovation Strategy. Uh, And within that, there are many components about uh, that impact on international education. The idea of sourcing talent and having talent at the heart of research and innovation There's also a very strong dimension around the all-island nature of research and innovation and how that has to be fostered and and nurtured on both both parts of the island. We've launched, in the meantime, uh, uh, the restructuring. And uh, I know that colleagues uh, in the audience from the higher education unit are far, far better placed than me to talk about it. But the impact of the technological universities And what exactly are they are, what function they have in the context of an international strategy? How do we communicate this new entity that has now come on the uh, higher education landscape uh, in Ireland? We are, and I know that Jim is going to talk about this, we have the impending launch of the international, uh, impending being the key word, Jim, uh, launch of the international education mark. And what that means, what assurance that gives, is part of that engagement of the international uh, uh, strategy. There's been the successful completion of the uh, legislative process around the Higher Education Bill uh, Act now at this stage, uh, just not to cause a heart attack to Tanya, who's down there in the audience. It is actually uh, enacted, and it's going through its, its final legislative processes. And then in the midst of all of that, we've had the invasion of Ukraine and the impact that that has caused across the system. Uh, And in particular, I just want to record particular thanks to to Jim and to Andrina for the very strong role that they have played in developing Ireland's response to uh, the the Ukraine uh, uh, invasion. And uh, it has caused us to look at, the portability, the international context of qualifications, for example, and how also do we adjust how that coincided with other crises that were already within the education landscape. I and mean, you know, you think in particular of accommodation and the impact on, on student accommodation and how that has, has uh, further crystallized the need for core actions in all of these areas. But in the midst of all of that, the having come through COVID as well, you know, it's almost like uh, we have forgotten about it, but its impact is still there. And we're gradually now seeing the resumption at you know, at a, at a different model where we're talking uh, uh, earlier on, and certainly in the previous discussions, they were talking about the various modalities in terms of delivering education. And we're now seeing now how this fits within international education overall. We have seen, for instance, that Australia and New Zealand have launched new strategies just there quite recently. And for instance, some of the themes that are coming through in the Australian strategy, which reflects some of the shifting geopolitical landscape, they were wondering whether they had put too many eggs in the basket of China and India. Are they relying too much on the whole idea that students have to land on our shores for them to be international students. So again, these issues have opened as part of the discussion and the issues that we're reflecting on. Clearly, from our perspective, the relationship with the UK as we start developing the strategy and, uh, and addressing some of the, the, the core issues that, that are, that's there is very important. And if you look at some of the trends that are occurring across in the, in the UK, for instance, now, EU students are being charged international fees. Whereas when you come to Ireland, you're, not being, you're being treated as an EU citizen. And therefore, you know the, the fee regime is, 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 is different and is more favorable. Indeed, we're seeing movement from the UK across to Ireland in terms of of, uh, 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 participating in in our institutions. And the CTA has put a structure in place which ensures that UK citizens are treated uh, the same as Irish citizens. But they've also incentivized things like they now have a three-year stay back on their visa, as compared to the Irish two-year stay back, particularly at postgrad level. And there's faster turnaround on visa processing and so on. And this reflects some of the themes that are coming through in the strategy and in the responses. We are facing growing international competition, no matter how you cut and dice it. Indeed, some of the countries that we went to looking for international students, they themselves have got involved in this space. One of the most stark things to emerge from the UK, I keep calling it the UK crisis, Maybe it's just uh, uh, very much in the mode, but the Ukraine crisis. One of the key elements that have come through, that came through from that, was the fact that there were 60 Irish students studying medicine and dentistry across the Ukraine. When I was dealing with leaving students who were because of the delayed examination results, we were looking at the likes of Netherlands, Hungary, Poland. We we're looking at countries like that in terms of making sure that they could seem that the, the delayed publication of the results didn't harm their opportunities to register students. Ukraine never figured on our horizon. And then it only emerged, right? OK. It's just, well, I didn't bring the 50 PowerPoints. Uh, anyway, when we look at, uh, God, you've upset me now, Karina. Uh, just some of the, 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 the perspectives that we see ourselves as a result of the changing landscape. First of all, what we're seeking to do in the international strategy is to bring the model of territory education through its deliberations and its recommendations and its actions. We're not looking at the international strategy in terms of higher education, research, or innovation. We're looking at it from the gamut of further education and English language, uh, English language provision through to higher education, through to research and innovation. And in some respects, the challenge is not so much for DeFerris to construct a strategy around that. Organizationally within institutions, that's part of the challenge. I, I was struck by Linda's comment where she remarked about uh, uh, what's a good university. Their research, their teaching, their opportunities, their operations are uh, a weave of collective labour. Our own engagement is such that international education is viewed quite distinct from research and innovation within some institutions, and the nearer the trains can meet. And yes, the very raison d'être behind De Ferris was to bring the model of territory education very much to the fore and to ensure accessibility across different, d- different levels. But also within the further education sector, the notion of international mobility, it wasn't really there. And so there, how do we encourage, how do we foster that? All of this is done against a backdrop of sustainability. So the very idea of us coming along and flying students into Ireland and saying, you are now international students, We have to look at that model. It has to be compatible with the wider movements that are occurring globally in terms of ensuring sustainability. So this brings to the fore of new models of international education. How do we look at the delivery? How do we exploit the technology to enable the delivery of, of, uh, for instance, joint programs, joint awards? How do we enable partnerships? Do we have on-site presence in key markets? The other aspect that, I, that we want to bring forward is very much that this is not about getting students into Ireland and counting the cost from that. The cost-benefit analysis that was done as part of Indicon, it said that you know, there, there, there was a 1.6 for every euro that it costed. We were getting 1.6 euro, uh, 6.5, uh, euros back. It's not about that. It's about the experience of the international student. Because at the end of the day, with the likes of social media, with the likes of other channels that are there, Ireland's reputation could be ruined in a second by a bad experience. And this is where our dependency, our partnership with QQI, very much comes to the fore. In that, that framework of quality assurance is built to assure all stakeholders, not just international stakeholders, that coming to Ireland is well worth it for an educational experience. All of us here in this room, we're all ambassadors for Ireland, whether you're international or whether you're national. It doesn't matter. You're ambassadors. The experience that you have, the experience that you sell, is part of what we're trying to achieve. We might not all be gifted like colleagues in the Department of Foreign Affairs where they're able to stack the Ferrari Rocher and it looks perfect for the ambassadors. But we have the skills to sell what Irish education is about. And that's territory education. And the experience that it offers to any person coming through the system has to be to the fore of everything else. I cut out for the point of brevity. I'm getting the evil eye now from Karina. I cut out for the point of brevity that clearly the strategy has to be a whole of government. We have to link justice, foreign affairs, employment, trade and enterprise along with ourselves and education into this discussion and make sure that we're all singing off the same hymn sheet so there's a whole of government approach to to the strategy. I'll leave it there. Karina, is that okay? You're not going to shoot me? So I'll just leave it there. And obviously, if there are any questions coming through, I'm uh, more than delighted uh, to take them. Thank you very much.